Hello baseball fans and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it's now the fourth day of October 2016, and I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside on a beautiful night where you can hear, I guess it's the crickets if you listen closely, in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Los Angeles Dodgers center fielder Jock Peterson, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. It's nighttime. It's actually nighttime on the 3rd. And this is one of the nights where we kind of sit back and think, okay, it's the calm before the proverbial storm. Now, had the Tigers or Mariners been able to win a couple of more games, or maybe the Cardinals, we may have been having a tiebreaker game going on today. But alas, we don't. We had a dark day of baseball. And we have, starting tomorrow, well, let's face it, it's the time of the year where we identify, it's what we associate each year with. We had a uh, the episode I posted yesterday of Nick Stevens and I talking about each year with the Red Sox, and with very few exceptions, our memories of each one of those years, you know, 86 through 2013, all the times the Red Sox appeared in the postseason, our predominant memory was a postseason memory. I think there was only one or two that we listed that weren't. Excuse me, so when you think about it, this has all been the build-up. This has all been the, 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 the proverbial ramping up of the roller coaster. It's, it's, think about like the Rocky films. When you think about the Rocky films, whether it's from the original Rocky up to Creed, we think about the fight at the end. And everything builds up to the fight. It isn't if it's just if we just cut to Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa fighting, that wouldn't mean anything. You needed to have the build up, the story, the background, in order to truly understand and truly understand the drama behind it. That's what makes the films work. It's not just a boxing match, it's the drama that leads up to the boxing match. But in the end, the dessert, the part that you remember the most, the part that you revisit the most, would be the fight. Well, we've now had all the scenes. We've had the scenes in the the ice skating rink. We've had the scene with Butkus. We've had the scene running up the steps. We've had the scenes with Mickey dying or the training in Russia, hearts on fire, desire, all that shit. We've done all that now. And now we're coming to the part where we'll remember. This was the any year you think of, from 1903 to now, with the exception of something like Henry Aaron's Homer or Cal Ripken breaking Lou Gehrig's record, almost always the predominant image is of what happens in the postseason. And someone's going to wake up today not realizing that they will be the player always associated with this year and this postseason. Now, it could be a potential MVP, 
like a Chris Bryant or a Mookie Betts. It could be a potential Cy Young Award winner like Corey Kluber or Clayton Kershaw or Max Scherzer. Or it could be some schmuck who's on the roster that no one's even thinking about. Who thought of David Eckstein? Who thought of Scott Brocious when those postseasons began? Who thought of Pat Borders, who wound up becoming a World Series MVP? Or David Freeze, who was a fine player but pretty much unknown outside of St. Louis, would suddenly etch their name into World Series lore? Not a lot of people! <clears throat> and we have our pre-written narratives, which can go right into the proverbial dumpster once these games get underway. Now, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my postseason predictions for whatever they're worth. And I'm going to compare them. I went to whatifsports.com where you can play simulations of games instantly. You set up the lineup, you set up the team, and you hit click, and instantly you get a box score of a hypothetical game. I did that for the postseason. Because it's up to date for 2016. So I did that for each of the postseason matchups. I'm going to tell you my predictions and why I think things will happen. And then I did the what-if sports. And I'll tell you the results of that. And a third set, which is I just flipped a coin. I set up each one, each matchup. And I flipped the coin heads for the home team, tails for the visiting teams. And I did that for each series. Sometimes I flipped it seven times. Sometimes I flipped it five times. One time I flipped it four times. But I'm going to tell you my predictions and then what the simulation gave us and what just chance, 50-50 chance, gave us for results. So let me go through my predictions first. It is an act of borderline insanity to try to predict the wildcard game because it is a single game. You don't know who's going to win one single game. Block pitched against Kershaw the other day and Block won. So you don't always know. It's one thing could bounce this way or the other. We saw the 9-8 Royals defeating the A's in 2014 in extra innings. A bounce here, a bounce there, or Folden and Gomes not colliding in left field for a fly ball, and the A's are moving forward instead of the Royals being one swing away from winning that year's World Series. The whole postseason is different without that. But I will make my predictions. My predictions will go as forward. Tomorrow, well, you listen to today, wildcard game is going to be between Baltimore and Toronto. I think Toronto is going to win. The wildcard game between the Mets and the Giants, Baumgartner versus Syndergaard. Everyone's predicted to be one nothing. Watch it be eleven to ten final. I think the Giants will win that because I lean a little more towards Baumgartner, and I think the Giants pitching are running on all cylinders. So I have the Blue Jays and the Giants advancing. <clears throat> this is not because I hate the Mets and not because I hate the Orioles. In fact, I think both of those games are a total toss-up at this point. But that being said, I made my picks. Now, interestingly, I believe of all the National League teams, if the Giants win the wildcard game against the New York Metropolitans, 
I think they have the best chance of knocking off the Cubs for this reason. I think that the pitching that the Giants have is firing on all cylinders. Johnny Cueto's pitching wonderfully. Moore's pitching well. Samars is pitching well. Baumgartner's pitching well. And they've removed Casilla from the closer role, and Romo is pitching better than that. And again, most living organisms have pitched better than Casilla this year. And so with that in mind, I think it's a very tall order to defeat the Cubs in a best-of-seven series. I think the Nationals at full strength could, with a healthy Strasburg, with a healthy Wilson Ramos, with a healthy Daniel Murphy, but they don't have that right now. Beating them four times will be really, really tough. Beating them three times, not as tough when you know that they're throwing really good pitchers. Let me just put it this way. Yes, the Cubs are going to be throwing Arietta. They're going to be throwing Lester. They're going to be throwing Hendricks. They're going to be throwing Hamill. They could potentially be throwing Lackey. But what if all of a sudden Arietta's locking horns with Cueto? Cueto's a fine pitcher. This is one thing that happens when you see a team that dominates and with terrific pitching coming up against another team with good pitching in a postseason series. This is one reason why the Atlanta Braves won so seldomly in the Bobby Cox era, despite having the best pitching year in and year out. If you looked up and you said, okay, what if Cueto and Bumgarner win their starts, which is not outlandish to say, that could put the Cubs at a point where they're down two games to one, and facing Moore and Cueto, and asking them to go one and one. That's a distinct possibility, and why I believe the Giants are the team that could potentially defeat the Cubs in the National League playoffs. That being said, I don't think it's going to happen, and I predict the Cubs will defeat the Giants three games to one. Meanwhile, the Nationals and the Dodgers are both banged-up versions of what could be really terrific teams. At this point, I think it's a bit of a toss-up, but I'm going to lean on the side of Clayton Kershaw and say the Dodgers win that in five games. Meanwhile, the Red Sox are playing the Cleveland Indians, and they're going to be playing an Indian team without Salazar, without um, Carrasco in the rotation. I think the matchup of Porcello versus Bauer leans heavily towards the Red Sox. If they can get a good performance out of Price, then they'll be in business. I think the Indians are a resilient team and a tough team, but I don't think they're going to beat the Red Sox, who will win that series in five. Meanwhile, it will be the Texas Rangers against the Toronto Blue Jays similar to the rumble that I was talking about between Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. This time, the Rangers have the better team, and I think they'll sweep them. Rangers in three. So my pick for the National League Championship Series, Cubs-Dodgers. Boy, that's a big markets. Big, big celebrities will be at that game, and Fox will be doing all sorts of unnatural acts to make sure the Cubs win that. But knowing they have a nice fallback with the L.A. market going, the L.A. television market going for the potential World Series. That being said, it takes a full-strength Dodger team to defeat this Cub team, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's Cubs and five.
and the Cubs will go to their first World Series since 1945. Keep all this in mind, people who say that I'm hating the Cubs all the time. This is what I think will happen, not what I want will happen. Meanwhile, my beloved Boston Red Sox will put up a big fight. But I think the Texas Rangers are just a little bit better. And in the end, they'll win the American League Championship Series in seven games, and we'll wind up having the Texas Rangers versus the Chicago Cubs. And all the fanfare, and all the billy goats, and all the people crying and visiting their grandparents' graves, and all the people saying, oh, this is their time, this is their time, and they'll line up Wrigley Field, knowing that they basically ran through both San Francisco and Los Angeles. Only Texas is in their way. But Texas is no slouch. Texas will start Hugh Darvish. Texas will start Cole Hamels. Texas have a deep pitching staff. And Texas has some big-time veterans looking for their first World Series ring, too. On the sidelines is Prince Fielder, who's at this point nothing but a cheerleader. But you have your Beltres. You have your Beltrans. You have a quality team that can hit, that can pitch, and that doesn't have the weight of the world on its shoulders. And while everyone except the good folks of Texas and your pal Sully will be rooting for the Chicago Cubs, the Billy Goat will live another year as the Texas Rangers will shock the Chicago Cubs in six games and win their first World Series ever. That's my prediction. Now, when I did the simulation on what if sports, how did that turn out? Well, I had the... Apparently, they had the Mets defeating the San Francisco Giants in the wild card game. And they had the Orioles just clobbering the Toronto Blue Jays in the American League wild card game. Meanwhile, Baltimore defeated my pick for the world champion, the Texas Rangers, in what was a brutal three game sweep. Meanwhile, it was the Red Sox moving past the Indians for a trip to the American League Championship Series. In the National League, the Mets went on to face the Cubs and really didn't put up much of a fight. That was a three-game sweep. Meanwhile, Washington beat L.A. in five games. This is in the What If Sports simulation. In the hypothetical League Championship Series, it was indeed the Red Sox pushing past Baltimore and going to the World Series. This time, not facing the Cubs, but facing the Washington Nationals, who won two extra inning games, including a wild back-and-forth Game 3. The Nats went on to face the Red Sox in the World Series. And according to the simulation... In a World Series between the Red Sox and the Nationals, it was over pretty quickly. In five games, the World Series was won by Washington. Dusty Baker gets his ring, according to What If Sports. So with a computer simulation taking all sorts of different factors and variables into place, I grabbed a quarter and flipped it. Made the bracket. Each time I flipped, heads home team, tails the visiting team. In this time, 
It was the Mets defeating the Giants, and it was the Orioles defeating the Blue Jays. The Mets went on to beat the Cubs in four games. The Dodgers beat the Nationals in three. Meanwhile, the Indians made quick work of the Red Sox in four games, and the Rangers went on to the League Championship Series. With the Mets and Dodgers now facing off in a huge media market NLCS with Chicago sucking their thumbs in a f- after being dispatched, it was L.A. who went on in a clean sweep to go to the World Series. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Indians locked antlers with the Rangers and won that in seven. So a World Series was between L.A. and Cleveland. And according to the coin toss, the World Series was won in six games by the Cleveland Indians. So, what does this mean? You have a rabid baseball fanatic throwing emotion and throwing analysis like me. You have a cold-hearted computer trying to come up with the variables. And then you have chance. Just flip a coin. Either this team will win or that team. And sometimes the coin knows more than the overthinking fan and the overanalytical computer. Sometimes it is just chance. Sometimes when you take a look at some of the matchups that go into the postseason and all the variables and all the breaking this down and breaking that down, how often is it the best teams match up in the World Series? I guess in my version of the World Series, which has the Cubs versus the Rangers, I really didn't show much courage in this take because I have the team with the best record in the AL facing the team with the best record in the NL, which in the history of the wildcard era has happened a grand total of three times. 1995, when the Braves faced the Indians. 1999, when the Braves faced the Yankees. And 2013, when the Cardinals faced the Red Sox. Doesn't always work out that way. Someone will in all probability pull off a gigantic upset. Someone in all probability will throw the script right into the dumpster. And the script will seem so clear in retrospect. But as we wake up this morning, knowing the postseason is going to begin on this calendar day, and that someone will write the script that will forever be how we associate 2016. (laughs) I just have to tell you what happened. I was trying to have a poetic ending, and I'm standing in the front lawn, and all of a sudden the sprinklers went on. I guess enough with the poetry. Hey, Shakespeare, can the balloon juice. Let's start the games. Let's turn on the sprinklers. Let's let this thing get going. On this beautiful night in Palo Alto, the water system here is trying to tell me it's time to play ball. What do I want to happen? You know what I want to happen. I want to be the Giants versus the Red Sox, but a grand total of nobody except your pal Sully wants to see that. So, let's see it unfold, let's see it happen, and I wonder who the great name of this postseason will be. I know one thing's for sure, I'm going to be posting new episodes, and they're going to be later, I'm going to be, for the rest of the postseason, 
uh, maybe with a few exceptions here and there. I'm going to post them a little bit later, so I'll be able to review that game. Uh, I made my prediction. I think uh, Toronto is going to win the AL wild card. And when I next talk to you, both wild card games will have been played. So go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher. I'm everywhere. You can be old school, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. Check out MLBreports.com as I start my new listing, which is Who Owns October? Woo! The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Avoiding the sprinklers. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the fourth day of October, 2016, my wedding anniversary. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.